Man, we are uh, so great being here this morning with you. We're in a series called Hope in the Dark, and um, this series is not a uh, typical, what we would call last week, a sitcom series where, you know, you come in, you feel good, and then there's some tension, right? You feel the tension, and, and then the tension is addressed through Scripture, and then you feel better about yourself leaving, right? And then, and then we leave, live happily ever after. And, and so this has kind of been an ellipsis sermon where it's like a dot, dot, dot. God's still writing the story. God is still moving in your life. And you may be in a trial or a struggle or this place where you're questioning God. You're wondering, God, are you good? Are you faithful? Are you true? Are you, are you here for me, God? Um, how do I deal with this, God? I, I'm looking at the world and I'm seeing a lot of injustice. I'm seeing a lot of things that don't line up with my perspective or, or or my worldview and so help me with that Lord I'm trying to I'm trying to discover this and I think a lot of us in this place have been in in a, a moment of waiting on the Lord waiting on the Lord Lord are you going to show up are you good are you faithful are you are you true and and we want to just practically just help you um, with some tools. And so if, if I could give you anything, I'm going to share some tools to you, with you. We're going to read Habakkuk chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, you can pull that out to Habakkuk chapter 2. We're going to turn off the spotlights and then turn them back on to hopefully cancel the flickering. And then, yeah, come on, praise God. And, and we're going to do some stuff like this that's very practical, very tangible, and, and more than just a production up here. Um, although I think uh, a produced service actually is a little bit more receptive than an unproduced service. So we try to do excellent in that and kill that, and our team does a great job. But we wanted to give you some resources, and, and um, the, most of the content of this sermon came from Craig Rochelle and his book, Hope in the Dark. And we really believe that um, if you're in a season where you're just asking questions and you're just asking, okay, God, what's going on, and, and, and what, what's my place, and what does it look like, then then I would encourage you to go grab this book. And it's a $10 suggested donation, but, but if you don't have $10 and you need some hope, then grab the book, and we'll just do an IOU. Like, never pay us back. Just take it. Be blessed. Another thing that is real practical is we have these um, scripture um, um, confession cards. And this is what we use in our Every Nation Campus Ministry, these, these confession cards. And, and they're just powerful tools. All it is is scripture um, of what God says about your situation or in the midst of your season. And so here's one on faith. It's like, God, I'm just lacking faith right now. How many of you have ever lacked faith? You just kind of ran out of faith a little bit. Well, what do you do when you run out of faith? Do you just like try to, a different religion or, or try something else on or, or try just living for you? Don't do that. It's not going to work for you. It's not. I, I promise you. Instead, grab God's word and read what he has said about faith and start hiding this word in your heart and confessing it and believing it. And there's all sorts of ones on here. There's victory. Hey, I just feel defeated right now. I, I just need some victory in my life. And so you grab the word of God and you start confessing these scriptures and saying, God, I need some victory. And this is what you say about victory. So I'm claiming that for my life, that that's victory. Some of us, we're is identity. How, how did God make us? How did God shape us? So who does God say that I am? And, and I think that that's a huge one right now where there's constantly questioning of identity and who God made you in. And you don't let God define that through his word. Let God define how he has made you through his word. And so grab that, confess it, believe it, and, and claim it. And if you live your life looking in the mirror and go, oh, man, I'm having a great hair day. I am so confident. I'm going to kill it today. Look at my hair. 
Don't live your life like that because tomorrow you'll have a bad hair day. Right, ladies? Like, it happens. Like, sometimes, you, you know, humidity will hit. Something will happen. The rain will fall on your, uh, on your manicured hair. And then you're going to have a bad hair day. And then all of a sudden you look in the mirror and you go, I'm having a bad hair day. All my confidence is gone. I'm worth nothing. I'm, nobody's going to accept me. Nobody's going to talk to me. And isn't that a real conversation that we have with ourselves sometimes? So quit letting the mirror define you. Let the word of God define you. Praise God. Here we go. Lastly, my last rant, and I'll keep ranting all day until somebody realizes who they were created to be in Christ Jesus. You're created to be more than a conqueror, fearfully and wonderfully made. Your days are written by the author of life. And I think that sometimes we come in this place and we just forget that. Like, man, I forgot that. I just Thanks, Pastor, for reminding me and yelling at me. That's what I do. I yell at you. Some people want you to have larger muscles, you know, um, like Colin. He wants you to have larger muscles, you know. But me, I just want you to have larger faith, a larger spirit. And Colin may want that too, but I can't get you muscles, so I'll just give you faith. Amen. Uh, from, for this row, this way. And starting next week, everyone in here will be inclusive and not exclusive because that's what we champion as a church is that everybody can belong. Um, these connect cards right here have scriptures on the back, scriptures on how to live your life, um, scriptures on prayer and faith and the word and overcoming and marriage and family and worship and speech and stewardship, healing, the Holy Spirit, identity, all those. Right here is a scripture. And so if you don't want to make a $4 donation to um, get these um, cards right here, you can just take these cards if you need them. But you can take one of these free every Sunday. And then when you forget it and, and you're a bad steward of this paper and you, it goes in the trash, then just grab another one. <laughs> Habakkuk chapter 2. Uh, it's it's. it's this, this story of Habakkuk in chapter 1, he, he's in this place of wondering, uh, of wondering where is God in the midst of his pain and circumstance, wondering where God is in the midst of his trial, wondering where God is. And he asks he asks these really hard questions to God, but God is really big and he can handle all of Habakkuk's questions. And he's, he's asking these questions of God, where and God, why. And, and there's been people who've come into this place. And there will be people who come to this place for the next generation or two, however long Luminous is around, who ask these questions. God, where, where are you? God, I need some hope. God, I need some, I need some, I need some help. God, I, I just am wondering right now and wondering if you're here in the midst of this circumstance. And last week, a young lady came up to the altar, which is our altars open every Sunday after service, where we believe that God's going to show up and rack his power and and touch somebody and heal somebody and do something amazing for their life. But this, this young woman came up and, and she, she, they found some, some tumors on her ovaries. And, and, and she's young and, and she came up here. And, and I don't say that to embarrass this young woman. What I'm saying is she came in with, after hearing a sermon that I'm, I'm asking God some questions. I'm wondering because, because you see, for a young lady to have that means that that. That could change the trajectory and her expectations for living and life. That's what I'm talking about this morning. There's things that hit us that change life's trajectory. A lot of you know Deb K. 
Coates, who was, who's at our region retreat, who got diagnosed with progressive RA. And I've seen her progression over the last two years, and it doesn't seem real hopeful. It seems like a lot of questions. God, this woman serves you faithfully. She, she coaches other campus ministers. She's a mentor to women. She, she's doing all this, and yet she comes in here with pain every Sunday, and yet she is one of those who just has faith, who just believes God, who just is resting in his promise, resting in who God is. And I was telling Russ first service, it's more me and Russ who are having the questions like, God, are you good? Like, what's going on? God? And and it's real and it's tough and it's challenging. And and yet. Yet, what do we do with all this questioning? You see, this is not an apologetic for, is there a God? Yes, there's a God. We're not going to do that today. There's a God who loves you and is for you. This is for those who know there's a God and they're wrestling, and I'm going to God with some hard questions. Because that's probably most of us in here. Like, I'm not asking if there is a God. I just have some hard times, and I just need to ask God some questions of, God, what about my marriage that seems like it's on the brink Day in and day out, and I just feel like maybe it's a little hopeless. It's not how it's planned. Or when you look at the injustices in the world and you look at the political climate and you look at all these things and you just ask all these questions, God, like, like where are you and, and what does this look like? And Habakkuk was that 2,600 years ago for the people. He was the people's voice to God. Usually a prophet would come around and be God's voice to the people. But Habakkuk goes, no, 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 I'll, I'll represent you. I'll represent you. I'll go on our, our behalf, and I will go to God, and I will ask him these questions. And in this wandering, he sits there, and he asks these questions. And, and in Habakkuk chapter 2, I would love to read that. Because what I want to do is I want to read Habakkuk chapter 2, and I want to talk about three things and leave you with three things that I, I pray would be hopeful for you. I pray it would be hopeful. Habakkuk chapter 2, you got you to gotta get the paper Bible out on this one. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you got to just get the paper Bible out. You know, just blow it off the dust, you know, get it out. Get in the living room. Start reading the word. I will take my stand at the, my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say, what God will say to me, and what I, and what I will answer concerning my complaint. Uh, I, I thought Habakkuk was wondering, but what he was doing is he was complaining. Anybody got a complaint today about Luminous Cafe? You better not. Okay, just saying. This is a complaint right here that, that he's asking, and he stands at the watchtower, and he, he waits on the Lord, and he sits here, and he says, And the Lord answered me. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. Moreover, wine is a traitor, an arrogant man who is never at rest. His greed is as wide as Sheol. Like death, he has never enough. He gathers for himself all nations and collects as his own all peoples so not all all these take up their taunt against him with scoffing and riddles for him and say woe to him who heaps up what is not his own for how long and loads himself with pledges 
Will not your debtors suddenly arise and those awake who will make you tremble? Then you will be spoiled for them because you have plundered many nations. All the remnant of the people shall plunder you for the blood of man and violence to the earth, to critics and all who dwell in them. Woe to him who gets evil gain for his house to set his nest on high, to be safe from the reach of harm. You have devised shame for your house by cutting all my many peoples. You have forfeited your life. For the stone will cry out from the wall, and the beam from the woodwork respond. Woe to him who builds a town with blood and founds a city on iniquity. Behold, is not from the Lord of hosts that peoples labor merely for fire and nations weary themselves for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Woe to him who makes his neighbors drink. You pour out your wrath and make them drunk in order to gaze at their nakedness. You will have your fill of shame instead of glory. Drink yourself and show your uncircumcision. The cup in the Lord's right hand will come around to you and utter shame will come upon your glory. The violence done to Lebanon will overwhelm you as will the destruction of the beast that terrified them. For the blood of man and violence to the earth, to cities and all who dwell in them. What prophet is an idol when its maker has shaped it? A metal image? A teacher of lies? For its maker trusts in his own creation when he makes speechless idols. Woe to him who says to a wooden thing, awake to a silent stone, arise. Can this teach? Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in it. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. We have this moment of, of, of reading, and I want to focus on the first part of Habakkuk chapter 2. I want to highlight three points. And the first one is, is in your struggle, in your distress, in your wondering, there comes this place of waiting. Of waiting, where, where Habakkuk sits in his watchtower and he just waits. Who hates that word wait? Am I the only one who hates the word wait? I mean, I hate the word wait. I do not like waiting for anything. I want some instant gratification. You know what I mean? Like Instagram, hello people. Like we're moving to a new time, a new place, a new space. This is what we want. But I grew up. Because I had, I had the opportunity to see the reformation of the internet. The birthing of the internet. It was amazing. Does anybody remember dial-up? Dial-up, yeah. And everybody over 30 says yes. Everybody under 30 says, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, 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 20, 28 and a half. Okay, and so <clears throat> dial-up, man. Do you remember dial-up? Dial-up was amazing. Like all of a sudden that you could dial in to the internet, to the world wide web, and it would open up to you and you could see things all over the place. Now we had Prodigy and we had this 486 computer and we would dial up on this 56 kilobytes uh, per second or something like that, right? Kilobits, uh, per bytes, bits, I don't know. Man, that's why I need an engineer up here. And, and you dial up to that speed of 56 something and when you did, it would Sit there, and you would hear it dialing. Do you remember that? It's like this anticipation, like, oh, man, we're about to connect to everyone. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. And then we get on there, and we're on Prodigy, and then you realize everything costs money. So we just look at it. <laughs> everyone is right there. And it was amazing. 
And then they started, like, um, letting you download stuff through this telephone line, and it was awesome. Like, I, I, we could download our favorite, you know, um, Backstreet Boys song. Or it was probably even before that, Boys to Men or something like that, you know, if you remember those days. And, and it was awesome, and we would download it, and it would take um, 30 minutes to three hours to download a song that didn't even sound that good because it was a like not even a great quality and you would sit there and you're like man I can't wait to listen to this song it's gonna be awesome get ready for it it's coming <laughs> and then you get that song and, and you're like yes and then and then you have these family gatherings and everybody under 25 is looking at me like I'm crazy but it was awesome and this is a little history and this is why your parents are so mad at you and and you sit there in a family circle, and you would sit there, and you're like, man, we're going to watch a movie, and it's going to be awesome. Like, dude, they have movies on here. Let's download one. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, make the popcorn. Okay, it's downloading. How much time left? 27 hours. Okay, maybe tomorrow we'll watch that. And then, and then something happens, and your phone line gets disconnected. And it's just rough. It, we had real problems. We had real problems. And then broadband came. Remember, broadband opened up everything. Like, oh, wow, we're going to send two signals through this, and they'll happen simultaneously, and it's going to be amazing, and, and, and our speeds are going to kill it, and they're going to be awesome, and, and we're going to open it up, and now we can really stream stuff live, and you can really do some real-time stuff, and it was awesome, and it was like it, it appealed to that instantaneous thing inside of us that we so desperately want. Like, like I, I want it now. Right? I want it now. It's, it, it's just something that we long for and, and love. And, you know, you, you have the 3G phone, and then you get the 4G phone, and now you got 5G, baby. Who's ready for 5G? And every gamer in here raises their hand. Uh, just kidding. Don't raise your hand. No, 5G is going to be awesome. It's supposed to be like, I think like a thousand times faster or something like that. Something redunculous, you know, faster than four speed. It's going to be awesome. And, and, and it's going to be so amazing. There's going to be this amazing instant gratification. And, and, and the thing about our culture is there's so many great perks to that that I can order my groceries and they'll be on my doorstep when I get home. Like, man, I love this life. But, but the thing about this life and the lure of all of this is that it is, it's, a little, it's a little tricky. It's a manipulating you a little bit because all of a sudden in your framework, everything should be instant. Your pain should be gone. Grief should be instant. Hey, you're taking a little too long grieving here. It's been like two months. And we sit in this tension because, because when you have a culture moving you into instant gratification and all this instant pleasure and all these things, you, you, you have a, a, a dilemma in your psyche. But I don't know really how to sit and wait on the Lord. I think the Lord, I just thought it was just supposed to happen immediately and when it doesn't it doesn't quite line up with my thinking and so we have this place where we're 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 wondering in chapter one but in chapter two we're we're waiting and in chapter one sometimes you feel like you want to quit because you have these questions and in chapter two you kind of feel like you want to quit like i just want to quit and i just don't know if i can really lean into this so here we are. The first thing that we need to do is we need to listen. Habakkuk 2.1 says this. I will stand at my watch and, st and station myself on the ramparts. I will look. 
to see what he, God, will say to me. That I will sit here and I will listen. I'm going to listen to the Lord. I'm going to open up and listen to what God says. And I want to encourage you, if you're in a season, you need to start listening to the Lord, what he's going to say to you. Because there's going to be a lot of maybe voices that come at you. And you just really need to ask him the questions and sit there and listen. But but sometimes he doesn't say what you want him to say. Have you ever experienced that? Like sometimes it doesn't, it's not the, quite the answer you wanted. So in, in Corinthians, we read about uh, Paul in 2 Corinthians where he talks about there's a thorn in my flesh there's something in my side and it's afflicting me and I we don't know what it is scholars say maybe it was blindness maybe it was short man syndrome I'm not sure but it was something afflicting him and and, and how many times does he ask he asked three times right three times he makes an appeal for the Lord and and he's like man God what in the world I I want you to come through and what does Jesus say to him he says my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. That, that does not sound fun, right? Like, Lord, I don't want your grace. If you ever not wanted grace, you just wanted power, you're like, God, just take this away. I just need some power. I don't want your grace. I just want power. I don't like that answer. And we go to God and he says this thing and then you're like, I don't like that answer. God is faithful, and he's sitting there, and he's saying, just, just wait and listen. And what I say, I want you to write. I want you to write it down in Habakkuk 2.2. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. Make it plain. You must write it down. I always heard it. this said, the faintest ink is stronger than the strongest memory. You ever talk to that person, and they don't write anything down? You ever have that employee, and you're having the talk, you know? Like, I'm having the talk. I'm telling you about what to do this week. And they're sitting there, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. They're not going to remember anything, right? Like, it's the most frustrating thing. I'm going to tell you, if you're an employee, take notes, and your employer will love you and promote you. Just FYI, that's real simple, real easy for you. But it's so true. It's because the truth is, is the battle is where? In the mind. The battle's in the mind. It's, it's in the mind. And, and who wants to destroy every God thought in your mind? The devil. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He is the author of confusion and doubt. He takes what the Lord says and he twists it up and he starts writing something differently. This is what happens all the time. This is what we see. So we must, we must start writing it down so that when we see it, we can start moving towards it. When we see it, we can start remembering what God has said. What God has said, because if we don't do that, we'll forget what he says. And this happens all the time. I'll never forget. Like, I'm sitting with the Lord. He speaks to me. I'm like, oh, yes, God, you are awesome. You are awesome. Man, thank you for saying that. And then you go out and then you 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 go out in some circumstance and then you're kind of tested. Right. You're kind of tested with what the Lord has said. Some of you will experience that this morning is that you're here with your husband or wife or significant other and you're holding each other. And it's awesome. You're like, oh, man, this is amazing. Like God's speaking to me. It's amazing. And then you go out in your car and then you can't decide where you're going to eat. And then you start hitting each other. If you're kind of like me and Brandy, because we have an abusive relationship and she hits harder than me. FYI. And you're like, what? What, God, you just said this, and it's already gone. Like, it's already, it's already gone. And so you must, 
You must write it down, and then, and then you have to wait. You have to wait. Habakkuk 2.3 says, For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. That is going to happen. For, for Deb, she's waiting for the appointed time. I'm, I'm believing that I'm healed. I'm trusting God. I'm leaning into God's goodness. I'm leaning into God's faithfulness. I'm trusting him in this. But I'm going to wait for the right time. I'm going to wait for what the Lord has said. For that person who comes up here and, and her life may be forever changed. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I, I know it's for the appointed time. And, and I want to tell you, like, I've done the same thing. I've, I've waited, but, but I don't like waiting long. I was in a worship service one time as a single man and I longed for a wife you know a wife for life was was my motto you know I need a wife for life and so I look at girls and I'll scare them off like you must be the wife for life for me and they're like whoa you you are creepy and overcommittal and so I'm gone and so I kept chasing them all the way and I saw I was frustrated single of course because I was scaring them all the way because of all my probably insecurities and I come up to the front row of worship and I'll never forget this moment because God shows up in worship in a powerful way. You see, it's amazing because this is a powerful moment for you because all of a sudden your thoughts are attentive towards God for more than two minutes and you're able to focus on him and wait long enough that he gets to speak to you clearly. It's a powerful moment, and then when everybody is doing that together in a room, it creates this synergy where God can start talking to the body in a deeper, greater way, and, and it's amazing. And I was on the front row, and I was in worship, and I was like, God, I'm just tired. I'm tired of the struggle. I'm tired of always waiting. I, 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 I'm tired of this, but I'm tired of striving. I'm trying, tired of making it happen on my own. Lord, I just I surrender this to you. And it was a real moment where the Holy Spirit shows up. He says, Ben, surrender it. Right there, I surrender it. I surrender my desires. I surrender them right there, and I just give them to God. And I was like, man, this is amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm completely satisfied in where I am and who I am. I, I leaned into God, and I feel, I feel like he's completing me, and he's, he's, he's making me whole. And then after service, I see one of my youth kids, and he comes up to me. He's like, hey, Pastor Ben, I was curious, are you dating anyone? I go, no, man, I'm not dating anyone you know i'm just waiting on the lord you know i just gave it to the lord he goes man there is this youth leader girl and she really likes you and i think y'all should go out and i go whoa praise god that took that was amazing you answer quick like instant man you know I, I i gave it to the lord i wrote it down i waited and boom the appointed time has come i i take this girl out and we go on on a few dates, and we date for six weeks, and it was the worst six weeks of my life. Like, it was miserable. It was miserable because it was not a God thing. It was a me thing, right? And a me thing will always leave you in misery. Um, just give it enough time and wait, and the misery will come. And this is what was happening, and I felt so bad for this girl because I, I'm, like, crushing her and breaking her heart. And, 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 just, and just it was not good because I was disobedient. I, I was putting myself through misery, but I was taking her through misery as well. And, and so we broke up after six weeks, and, and I was like, okay, Lord, I, I, I heard you, but I wasn't obedient. I, I thought you were coming really quickly, but sometimes you don't come as quickly as I would like. And, and so I just surrender, and a month later, later here comes brandy we're at a we're at a hangout together and i was like oh man i think that's i think that's the girl that i'm supposed to marry right there and i didn't tell her that because you know i learned my lesson i <laughs> got a 
whole list right here. So I'm like, we should hang out. And she didn't like me, and so that made it better, right? <laughs> so, so I had to pursue any harder and, and pursue the Lord in that. And, just, and God showed up, and he fulfilled it. And it was amazing. It was beautiful. But, you know, what's crazy, if I would have just waited on the Lord, you know, I, I would have came more holy. W, holy. I would have been a more whole person. I would have been more complete in who I am in Christ. I would have been able to come in this moment of waiting two and a half months versus coming in this moment of hurting somebody in the process. And I'm just going to tell you that, that if you wait on the Lord, it's a good thing. And it's great to wait for the point of time. And the point of time is not maybe as long as you had expected. Usually it's often, oftentimes longer. For Habakkuk, it was 20 years. Scholars believe it was about 20 years. That's a long time to look at that vision that you wrote down on a tablet. That was a long time of trusting the Lord. That was a long time of just embracing him. 20 years. Think about where you were 20 years ago. Some of you weren't even born. And so Habakkuk 2, 3 in the TLB says this. But these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely. The time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair. For these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. These things will come to pass as the Lord wills it. As the Lord's hand is upon it. You can't force God to move. That could be the most frustrating thing, but you can't force God to move. If you've ever birthed a child, you understand this really well. You, you know when you're at week 40 and you're like, this baby's supposed to come any day now and the baby doesn't come. And so you do the walks around the park and you go to your doctor like three or four times. Like, can you do something to get this baby out? Like, I need this baby out. Like, can you start childbirth? Like, let's get this going. But you can't force it. Like, like, like that baby's going to come when that baby wants to come. And, and, then, and then likewise, when it's God's time and you can't stop it. You know, and so many girls, so many women have tried to stop it where they're, where they're going into childbirth on the way to the hospital. And somehow the kid comes out before they get to the hospital. Like, God, that, that was not my timing. But, but you can't stop it, right? Like, baby, get back in there. No, because this is just what happens, right? And, and it's likewise to, to what God has for you is like you can't force God's hand to move early. And when God's hand moves, you can't stop it. This is an amazing God, a God who is in control, a God who's sovereign over all, a God who loves you and is for you and is amazing. And, and I want to just let you know right now, just because there's delays doesn't mean that that's God's denials, right? And we need to remember that just because it's a not yet doesn't mean it's a no. And so we lean into God and we trust God. And in this moment where we're praying for healing and praying for people to be well and do all this. And we, we have this moment where we're really trusting God and really, really conjuring up our faith and leaning into that. But at the same time, God's going to move as God moves. It could be a frustrating thing. It can be a frustrating thing, but... But it's amazing. See, see, in Habakkuk 2, 4, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person, they will live by God's faithfulness. They're going to live by God's 
faithfulness. They're going to lean into God's faithfulness. They're going to know the character of God and who God is and that he's always been faithful. He will never cease to be faithful. Then I'm going to trust his character in this and I'm going to I'm going to wrestle with him and I'm going to lean into him and I'm going to believe this. The righteous will live by faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law for the righteous shall live by faith. They shall live by faith. They believe that God is where he is supposed to be. And when God's in position, he can move how he is supposed to move. This is what Habakkuk believed in 2 verse 20. But the Lord is in his holy temple. You see, God is where he's supposed to be. And he's going to move how he's supposed to move. He's in the position of leadership and authority. And so we trust him and we lean into him. And even though I can't not see, even though I may not see, I'm going to see by faith. I'm going to see because I know who God is. I know his character. I know he's loving. I know he's gracious. I know he's amazing. And I'm going to lean into that. Craig Rochelle, in his book, Hope in the Dark, he tells this story. He wrote this, he wrote this book because his own daughter is going through some struggles and some pains and some things that seem incurable. And, and, and as he does, he's wrestling because when a pastor wrestles through the actuality of suffering and pain, you start, to, you start to ask these questions like everybody else is asking. And I know there's questions in here. I know these things. And, and he says this to her. He goes, Mandy, I, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you on the, on the way that you have endured this. I'm so proud of you. His daughter says, Dad, I got to correct you. Oh, what do you mean you're correcting me, Craig says. I'm, I'm the pastor. I'm the theologian. I'm the expert in Habakkuk. I did all the studying. No, 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 no. I have to correct you because enduring seems like I'm just trying to get through it. Like I'm just waiting for it to be over. But you see, Dad, I've been sharing the gospel with many people, and many people have come to faith in Jesus. I've seen, I've seen lives be changed through this. I've gotten to stand with other people who are also going through pain and share the gospel with them. I, I, I'm seeing thousands of women and men reach out to me, and they, they realize, like, man, this is hopeful. And so, so Dad, I, I got to correct you because I'm not enduring. I'm embracing. I'm embracing this. And isn't that what Habakkuk really means? It, it means to wrestle with God, his name, and not endure, embrace. That we would wrestle with God and embrace him. That we would hold on to him and we'd lean into him. That we would constantly move towards God. God, in your pain, in your suffering, in your trial, in the moment that you have, we're going to stand together and believe for healing. We're going to stand together and believe that God is possible, that he's able. But, but even through it, we're going to trust Jesus. We're going to embrace Jesus. We're going to hold on to Jesus. And I want to tell you, and this is, this is a father's heart. This was Craig's heart to his daughter. And it's my heart to you is that in your pain, in your suffering, in your questions, in your trials, and in your doubts, and all those things, that you would start leaning into Jesus. He would trust that he's good and he's faithful. He's always been faithful. He'll never not be faithful.
Would you stand this morning with me? I would love to pray with you. Though it linger, though it linger, Habakkuk, though it linger, young man, though it linger, wait for it. Why you forgot to show up? He's never not shown up. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes just in a posture of receptivity, in a posture away from the insta. Listen. And wait. If you're in here this morning, you said, I, I've been really doing it on my own, Pastor. I've been, I've been trying to do everything on my own. I haven't trusted Jesus. I've never trusted Jesus, actually. I've always been doing it on my own. But today, I realize that the only way to embrace you is to know you. And the way that you know the Father is if you know the Son. The way that you know the Son, John 10, 9 says, that he is the door that you would enter by him. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, Romans 10, 9 says. And make him the Lord of your life today. If you never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I would just love for you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to do that. I want to make Jesus Lord. And for those who have just really been asking God, where are you? Holy Spirit, would you come and move in power right now in this moment? And Lord, give them a word. Give everyone who's asking, where are you, a word. Lord, I pray they would write that word. When they see it, they would keep running towards you and not away. God, I thank you for Luminous. I thank you for this moment. You are our God. There is no other. In Jesus' name, amen.